0: <clears throat> um, two quick announcements. Um, one is um, just just so we're aware on the, on the mask situation. Um, we asked that in the balcony, it's kind of a section for all mask all the time. The cafe, you don't need to wear a mask at any time if you don't want to. And in this area, it's as you're out in a boom. You do hear that, right? Sometimes I was weird. Like, is this my own head? Is there something wrong with me? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Praise God you hear that. Goodness. Um, it, and if you're in this section here, it's like when you're out and about, if you wouldn't mind wearing a mask, and then when you're seated, if you don't want to wear one, then take it off. And if you want to wear one, wear one. It's cool. Whatever you want. Um, second announcement is, I know, I know Daniel, I told you we were going to do... Um, Elder installation. Now we're not. We're going to wait. And I totally forgot about that. So um, we're going to we're going to install new elders this morning. We're get at the end of our time together. And one quick thing, I forgot to ask you, Steve. Did you did you get some slides? Not just the scripture, but the pictures. Oh man, you're awesome, Daniel. Thank you. That's always my worst nightmare. You start to call for a slide, and you're like, I don't have that one because you forgot to give it to me. And so you're the man, Steve. Thanks. Thanks. Okay. Let's get into the Word this morning, shall we? How y'all doing? You okay? You look good. You feel good? Thank you. Thanks, Patreon. It's good to see you, buddy. Um, all right, the, the past, you know, starting in January, I started talking more, February, talking about what it means to be the family of God, and, and God's calling to us to be family. And... um. Just this, this spiritual family and the benefit and the blessing of family. And what does it mean when we understand ourselves to be part of the family of God? And, and I want to come back to some of that this morning and, and, and look at it maybe in a slightly different way. But I've been struck recently at how throughout Scripture you see this pattern of uh, God's global vision being accomplished through family. And I know when I say family, some of us have this like reaction because we have you know, messed up families, we've been part of families that didn't do what they were supposed to do. And so we'll get into that again. Like, I'm talking about family. God's restoring it to a beautiful picture of what he desires. And so just stay with me when I hear, you hear the word family. But throughout, from the beginning of Scripture, you see that God, God works through just a small family, and they're faithful, and then that, that work and will of God is accomplished as that family is faithful, and it multiplies often to the ends of the earth. I mean, you see that at the very beginning. I think of... Um, Adam and Eve, right? God chooses this first family, and he tells them, I want you to be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. He says, I want you to take, you guys have been created in my image as image bearers. I want you to reproduce and reproduce my image that will fill the earth. And so that when you look at each other and creation looks at you, they will see my image fill the earth and I will be praised. That they would fill the earth and subdue it. They would rule over it. That they would take the reality of God's desire for them. It wasn't just for them. God's blessing and call wasn't just for their family. It was that they would take that blessing and they would move out the reality of Eden to the rest of the world. And so what it was like in Eden would fill the whole earth. That the glory of the Lord would fill the earth. Now, of course, it doesn't take long before they blow that, right? They decide they're going to do it their own way and they fail at it. Well, God doesn't give up on that desire and that heart. And I think another one of the greatest examples you see in Scripture is where God calls Abraham. And he says, Abraham, I want you to leave your family. Go to a place I'm going I'm to tell you later. And this is what the promise was of that in Genesis 12, verse 3. It says, this is God speaking to Abraham. I will bless those who bless you. And him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. I mean, that's crazy. I mean, it's crazy because Abraham and Sarah, his wife, didn't have any kids even at this time. And he's saying, In you, I'm not just going to bless you, I'm not just going to bless your family. Through you and in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. What a promise. But it's the thing, he's saying, I'm calling you as a family. And he does later on, right? You see this great blessing that comes through Abraham. But it starts by Abraham and Sarah being faithful and sometimes not so faithful. But God continues to use them to be a blessing to the rest of the world. And even Abraham's descendants oftentimes don't do this. They mess it up and they decide to go their own way. to turn their back on God and worship other idols and all these different things. Where then they're not used as a blessing, but God doesn't give up on that call. We, we see this even now if you fast forward. I mean, there's a lot of examples of this, but for the sake of time, let's fast forward now to, to the church, the New Testament, where we are called the family of God. It's one of the primary images of the church. When you hear the word church, we often think of institution or a place you go or a service or the way things look. But church is like, it's a gathering of family. Um, it is one of the primary images of use of the church. It's simply being family together. And God's call and purpose for his church is that they would, we would be blessed by God as his family, which there's huge blessing, and I'll get to that in a minute, of being part of his family. But the blessing isn't just for us. right? The blessing is to then be used to bless the rest of the world as well. That's God's heart. I mean, you see this even in Ephesians chapter 1, um, which we looked at many 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 weeks ago but Ephesians chapter 1 where it says God before the creation of the world before the foundation of the world he predestined us to be adopted as sons and daughters like, that's God's plan from before the creation of the world was that he would make us and adopt us and choose us and bring us into his family to make his sons and daughters I mean like wah, what a call but as he does that, right, and he, he pours out generously all the blessings in the inheritance of heaven, we get all the inheritance that was given to Jesus, our older brother, we are brought into the family of God because of the work of Jesus, and we are given all the blessings that Jesus earned in his righteousness and purity, we are now bestowed, and we are given those same blessings. We're not just uh, part of the family of God, but sitting in the corner, we are fully part of the family of God. But the thing is, is, in the family of God, there are no only children, and there's no second-rate children. You're fully a member of the family, and so you see this. Then in Ephesians chapter two, where it says he's talking about you've been brought into this family, it's by grace you've been saved through faith, not of your own works, not so you can't boast in your own effort and your own works. And, and then it goes on to say, but part of this salvation, I mean, brought into the family of God, it says this in Ephesians two ten. It says, "For we are his workmanship." Created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them, right? God saved us to be part of his family, he saved us from sin, saved us from hell, but he didn't just save us into the family. He created us and saved us for good works. Well, what are these good works for? It's not now that we try to, we have to earn our way back to God. Michael reminded us of this a few weeks ago, right? We are secure and settled and saved as part of the family of God. We are accepted by the Father. Now we are freed from condemnation and free to walk in the things that God has for us. But it's those good works, as it says in Matthew chapter 5, that we have the light that shines within us, that we are not to hide the light, that let the light shine in the darkness, so that those around us may see our good works and do what? Glorify our Father in heaven. Like God desires us so that he sees the way we act, he sees the way we walk, he sees the way we treat one another. And people see that and they go, whoa, who is this God? Who is this father that's the part of the family that you've been brought into? God has created us to, to receive a blessing, but also then to be a blessing. And this is what you see take place even in the birth of the church, right? In Acts chapter, um, Acts chapter 1, verse, is it 8 or 6? one It says... Uh, Jesus is promising, when he, when he, uh, the promising the gift of the Holy Spirit right before the church's birth. And he says, you got to wait in Jerusalem Until the Holy Spirit comes upon you in power. And then I want you to go be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. He's giving birth to a family and he's calling them to be family together. But as that family grows and then multiplies, it starts in Jerusalem. But then it goes to Judea, the region around it, Samaria, the region around it, and to the ends of the earth. God has a global vision, but it starts with simply family being family together in faithfulness with one another you see that um, take place even as it starts in Jerusalem. The Holy Spirit comes in Acts chapter 2, and you see this family being birthed, and they start acting like this crazy family, an incredible picture where all of a sudden... Everyone has a part to play. It's not like there's people sitting on the sidelines of the family. Everyone has a part to play. Everyone has gifts to give and to use. Everyone is known and known by others. People are right, speaking truth over one another, I'd imagine, and confronting lies that they're believing in the enemy. Like, no, that's not true. This is who God says you are. No, this is who God is. Let me remind you of the truth. They, they're building one another up into greater maturity. No one has lack, right? Can you imagine that? No one in the family of God has need, because when the need comes up before, they can almost like, right when they say there's need, boom, let me sell this stuff and give you the money. And, and what's crazy is, I'm not, I, I've heard testimony of us even growing as family over these past number of months, I've heard testimonies of people giving away cars to other people in, in our family because they need it. That's simple. No, no questions asked. Oh, you need a car? Take mine. That, that's normative. That's not the exception. That's normative of what we see in the family of God in Acts, Right? Needs, crazy stuff. So much so, people are looking at what's going on in this family going, what? And I'd imagine they're looking at going, it's kind of crazy, you guys are a little bit weird, but there's something attractive about that that I want in. And you see this family growing and expanding and going, going from house to house. And you see these families popping up that are meeting in different homes, and, and you see this... Um, a couple examples of this in, uh, let's look at 1 Corinthians sixteen nineteen. The churches of Asia send you greetings, Aquila and Priscilla, together with the church in their house, send you hearty greetings in the Lord. And so it's as these um, people come to the Lord, it's not just them as individuals, but they are brought into the church, they're brought into families, and their families are meeting in homes, being actual family together, caring for one another, meeting needs. Doing it in a, in a small scale at home. You see this in Philippians, or Philemon 1 and 2. Paul, a prisoner for Christ Jesus, and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our beloved fellow worker, and Aphia, our sister, and Archippus, our fellow soldier, into the church in your house, right? You get this picture of they are so intimately connected with one another that they are living life together. It's this knowing of one another and caring for one another and meeting in these homes together as family, as an extended family. It's their own family, but they're bringing people in to care for them and to minister to each other and grow in the Lord. One more example, Colossians 4.15. Give my greetings to to the brothers at Laodicea and to Nympha and to the church in her house. It's interesting here because I think you see a picture of this family's meeting in a house, in Nympha's house, but also it's part of a broader family as well. I don't know, and maybe someone smarter than me can tell me this, but like, I don't know if, to the greetings to the brothers in Laodicea, I don't know if Nympha's church in her house is part of the Laodicean church of that city or part of the Colossian Colossians church um, of the letter that's being written. But you get this picture of these families that are growing and families of God that are multiplying throughout a city. This house over here, and then someone else gives their life to the Lord, and then another little spiritual family pops up over here, and then another one pops up over here, and you see them popping up over here. But they're not alone and isolated because they're part of one family, they're part of one church. And then you see that together and collectively, they're part of the church in a city. That's what it is the brothers and sisters in a particular city. And you see so many letters that are written that are addressed uh, to the church in city, to the church. In, uh, to the church in what's the one? Corinth is one. You see this in the letters of Revelation, the church in uh, Thyatira, to the church in Philadelphia, the church in Ephesus, all these individual churches, that it's one big family, but for practical nature and practical matters, they're meeting needs together, but oftentimes you just can't meet all together, so they're meeting in homes as families together. So you have a picture of these little families in a city that make up one larger extended family in a particular city, but it doesn't just stop in that particular city. You see now, all of a sudden, through missionary work, like Paul and uh, uh, Barnabas, you see it through Silas, you see it through Peter. They're now going from city to city and starting again, leading someone to the Lord, gathering them together, helping them to be family together, families, uh, this family growing in home and home to home in a city and another city church getting established. You see it happening too, like Acts chapter 8, is uh, this church, this believers in Jerusalem, as they're scattered because of persecution, as they went. They just started gathering with other people, started being family together, leading them to the Lord, and all of a sudden you see the church explode, not just in these little homes, but in these cities, that their cities are starting to look more like heaven, that their cities are starting to reflect the character of God, and you see the fulfillment beginning to take place from Acts chapter 1, that it starts with just a little family, but when they're listening and walking in the Spirit... They're being faithful as families. Healthy things grow and healthy things multiply, and they see the family of God being extended to the ends of the earth. God's global vision is accomplished. It starts on a small scale of people simply listening to him, obeying him, and being family together, and it grows and it multiplies and it fills the earth. You know, I think it's, it's been something for us here at Moran that... Um, that we've, we've been wrestling a lot through this idea of uh, being faithful as family, but wanting to have a, a, a bigger vision for what the Lord's doing. Um, got a couple pictures for you. I'm a visual person. So I praise God that for people that have the gifts to make things visual. These are not my creation because I'm not, I'm not good at that stuff. You wouldn't even be able to tell what it was I was drawing I was talking to Daniel. He's like, I'll just make some slides so you don't have to draw this, All right? I have a couple of gifts. Drawing ain't one of them, I'll tell you that much. I think this, what you see in Scripture here of this idea of God using family to accomplish his mission of what it says in Habakkuk 2.14, that, that God, the, the knowledge of the glory of God will fill the earth like waters fill the, the like water fill the sea, fill the earth. What is it? The sea feels it. I mean, you get it. Like water covers the earth, God's glory is going to cover the earth. Okay, good. Um, and that's God's heart and God's purpose, and that's what God wants to use Moran Park for as well, that we would not just be about ourselves or the work that the Lord wants to do here, but we would see it expand to the ends of the earth. And I think early on, Moran Park started like 12 years ago, right? And early on, it really did feel like family. We'd gather here on Sunday mornings, and... Those, those early days. I came about a year after it started. And not only did we used to have an intermission time, but the intermission time was like 20 minutes, I think. Just people mingling around. And it was small where you felt like we knew one another. And you kind of knew what was going on with one another. But as we grew, um, we started realizing, wow, it's hard to know one another. It's hard to be known by each other. It's, it's really hard to be this family that we're called to be just because there's so many people. And not only that, like, when we're family, there's this, this reality that we, we want everyone to use their gifts. When we get together, everyone has something that they have in their heart, that the Spirit's moving to contribute. And as we just got bigger and bigger, we realized, that's really hard to create space for all of you to use your gifts. If we did that, we'd be here for like 12 hours, right? Which, you know, someone's providing food, that'd be all right. Um, but we realized, and then we realized as we got bigger, wow. We had to hire more staff to keep this machine running. We had to hire more staff to keep things being efficient and keeping things moving, which wasn't necessarily a bad thing, but all of a sudden we found ourselves having staff, people who were paying, doing more of the work than giving you the opportunity to step into your gifts and do what God's put on your heart to do. And we realized, man, that's not what God has in mind. So we started exploring, uh, next slide, of what does it mean to have these little families Um, whether it be an official more like a house church or whether it be more in kind of organic relationships that you have with people, we started exploring what does it mean to be the church in simpler ways where you get to be family, you get to participate, you get to obey the word, you get to baptize people, you get to lead people to the Lord, you get to do the gifts of the spirit, you get to do all those things, right? What does that look like? And and we started those things, but we started um, them very poorly at first because we came about just multiplying and just doing doing uh, like tools in a format rather than teaching you to be family. So as we went on, the next slide is, we, we realized like, hey, it's, it's not about doing it a certain way. It's about being family together. And I don't care what you call it or how you do it, but we want you to be family. And so we started growing and trying to teach you how to be family, which means how do you use your gifts with each other? How do you work through issues when someone ticks you off instead of running away? How do you work through the difficulty, right, in forgiving and forgiving again, and bearing with one another, and bearing some more. How do you do that uh, when you have to meet needs with the people around you in this family? Like this uh, really teaching one another to be family. And as it took place, we started to see these spiritual families start other families and start other families. But so much of the life of the church still revolved around this gathering here at 10 a.m., got most of the resources, um, got most of the focus, The staff-run stuff was the most more important stuff, and we realized like God's doing something, but it still feels a little off. And so then COVID happened, right? I know you try to block that out, but uh, COVID happened, and I think we continue to realize some things during COVID that we realized while this gathering is really awesome and this gathering is important and this larger kind of extended family reunion has a ton of benefit, it could no longer hold the weight of being the most important thing that we did. Because it went away for a while. And as it went away, the Lord told us not to live stream it. The Lord said, we've prepared, you've been preparing people to be the family of God. We've been preparing you to be the church in homes. Now God said, go release you to go do that particular work. And as we did that, we realized there were some gaps and things we needed to grow in and change. But we realized, wow, you really can be the church. You really can be family in the simplicity of your home with other people. Sometimes just with your own family, with your neighbors, with your friends, with other people. You can do that. And so as we came back together, we realized this, this next slide. That there is such, like I said, a value and importance of this, this building, of this gathering, of, of Moran Park, but Moran Park is becoming less about just this gathering and being here and what God does on Sunday mornings. And we've seen God do amazing things as we gathered, am I right? We've seen him heal people. We've seen him cast out demons. We've seen him not yet raise the dead. I'm waiting for that. That'll be awesome. Um, we, we've seen him bring salvation. We've seen encounters of God. It's been awesome, and praise God, and we pray that he continues to do that, but we realize so much of what it means to be family together and be the church, so little that happens during this time and so much of it happens outside of here. And so we start saying, how do we continue to empower and release you to be the family of God and listen to your heavenly father and do what he's called you to do? What does it look like to release you is, is this pattern in scripture, right? If you're being faithful as a family of God and you're living out the good works God's called you to, which are different than the, the good works God's called me to, is we're listening to the Spirit and you walk in those things. As people see those good works, that they would glorify the Father in heaven. That doesn't happen by them just coming on a Sunday morning and listening to me talk. It happens by you walking out during the week in the places God's called you and living in the good works that God's asked you to walk in to bring others to the Lord and glorify Him. Am I right? So, we've seen just the importance of becoming less about this Sunday morning. And even so much so, like, we've had some house churches that have been meeting together that don't come every Sunday. We have a number of them that maybe come once a month or maybe come once a quarter because they've figured out what it means to be family in a more intimate setting, and they're connecting with other people outside of that time, and, they're, and they're, they're realizing, hey, I can have teaching in other venues, or maybe they live stream it or listen to the teaching later, or they're just figuring out, like, wow, we can be the church in so much more freeing ways that the, we can unbox what we've made church to be and grow in great maturity uh, with one another. Because that's the point, right, that we grow in maturity as the family of God and that we would be a blessing to others. And so some people come every Sunday, great, do that, that's, that's awesome. But then we also realized that, as I mentioned a number of weeks ago, that like, wow, when you have so much focus on staff doing the work, it crowds out the space for the rest of you to step into what God's called you to do. Because there's this temptation. It's like, well, they're better at it than I am anyway. That's why we pay them. They're good at it. And I mentioned a couple weeks ago, if you didn't listen to that, go back. I don't know what it's called. Just, uh, just go find it. It uh, I- I- I talked about how we want to put our money where our mouth is, and we want to obey what God's telling us to do. And we have uh, Daniel and Stacy that are stepping down from their roles as staff. They're not stepping down from their calling and ministry at Moran Park. They're stepping down from their uh, the idea of being paid for it, and they're going to do it just out of out of the overflow of their life and their ministry. And so, as I mentioned a few weeks ago, Daniel actually he's wrapping up his official. Uh, duties on staff by the end of this month. And you're not going to see him for a little bit because he's having a baby, so give him a little bit of time. Number two, you remember that jump from one to two? It's like a real deal. So, he'll be, uh, but he'll be back, and he'll still lead worship. He's still going to be involved in leading the different worship bands and stuff to to minister. But it's to say, hey, I I don't want to do this as a professional. I want to do this as one of us, as the family of God. Stacy's well. She's done at the end of next month, uh, stepping into being a realtor. And, um, Same type of thing, doesn't mean she's not going to be involved in the ministry and the life of the family here at Moran Park and still pressing into prayer and prophecy and other gifts like that, but it's no longer as staff. So it's like we've actually, God's had us on this journey of saying it's not that it's becoming less than or things are getting taken away, it's to in fact say we need to remove barriers to create more space for us to grow into the greater things that God wants to do for us. It makes makes me even think about what Jim Liskey was saying a couple weeks ago. God's done a lot of great things, but God now is doing a new thing at Moran Park. It's not a lesser thing, it's a new thing. And I think it's exciting times that are ahead. So, one of the things that's been wild to see during this time is that as people have been the family of God together, as they've been meeting needs, they've been getting in the word and holding each other accountable, sharing the gospel, leading people to the Lord. um, I think what's been wild about this is that it's expanded and exploded way beyond Moran Park, right? So a lot of times this group in Moran Park will start together, they'll be the church in a simple way, and all of a sudden they'll just lead some of the Lord and they'll help them be the church in the home too. Or they'll help this other group that's interested. And all of a sudden you start, you see these little, these little pockets of the family of God popping, out, popping up in houses all over our city, where all of a sudden now maybe only half the people go to Moran Park and the other half don't. Or one person goes to Moran Park and the rest don't. Or you start seeing it all oh, or you start seeing where no one has any idea who Moran Park is and they don't care. Praise God. Because the goal isn't to make Moran Park bigger. The goal isn't to boast in Moran Park's name. The goal isn't to try to control. The goal is to empower and release the church to walk in obedience to the Lord, to be a blessing to our city and the world. And so what we're seeing take place is, all these people, these, 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 this family expanding way beyond Moran Park, and what God's been doing as he's been growing and shaping and developing Moran Park to be a, a, a family, a network of a family of God together, he's doing the same thing in our city, and I've, it's been really weird for me and kind of hard because I feel like I'm in, I'm in two worlds where I'm like, well, can I help you out? Like, you don't go to Moran Park. Is that okay? Uh... Then I'm like, well, you're a brother and sister in Christ, so sure, I'll come hang out with your house church and encourage you. And it's really confronted in me these, these walls that we've put up with each other, where it's like, well, I can't care for you because you don't go to my church. Says who, right? Where we've put up these weird barriers, like, yeah, I guess I'll help you with this, I suppose, but like, we still are very territorial, and the Lord is saying, Britton, you're still very territorial, will you relinquish control of that? And it's been interesting because a couple of weeks ago, the, the work that God's doing in our city, a group of people that asked me to be an elder in the work in the city, that like God's developing the church in the city, like I say, the church, in, the church in Highland, like the church in Ephesus, the church in Thyatira, and they said, hey, I think it's, we're at the point where we need to have elders to help give some guidance and shepherding to the work that's going on in the city, and so I just stepped into doing that kind of on the side a couple of weeks ago. And it's like, oh, how does this work? But it's been a lot of freedom of like going, hey, I don't care who you are, but if you're a brother and sister in Christ, and, and you, I want to help you grow and mature as the family of God. It's been wild too, I think we've seen care take a different, a different turn in this. Like typically before, it's like if you have a need, you'd come to us and be like, okay, do you go to Rand Park or not? No? Well, there's not much we can do for you. Now, when you understand, I don't care if you come to Rand Park, you're a brother and sister, you're part of the church in our city, we had this take place just last week, where there was an individual who used to go to church here, who now goes to the church, um, Restoration Church in, in Zealand, and had a lot of needs. So, so much great needs, a lot of health needs, that a friend who doesn't go to either one of those two churches just reached out and said, hey, this person's got a lot, a lot of needs, can we support this person? And... All of a sudden, you got a group from that church over there, a group from Rand Park, a group from just neighbors and brothers and sisters in Christ around them coming together to say, this is a part of the family of God. I don't care where you go to church on a Sunday morning. We have responsibility to care for one another. And care is starting to take place. And they're telling you this. I'm like, what the heck? You guys are weird, right? Like, what is God doing? And I think what he's doing is he's just breaking down these walls. He's causing us to operate and function in a way that we're called to in the New Testament is a unified church in a city that walks in unity and walks in love and walks in these gifts with one another. That is actually something that I think the world would look at and go, I want to be a part of that. I think that's what the Lord's doing. So as this continued to be developed, I don't know how Moran fits into all that. Like, I think we just approach it saying in the next slide of like, hey, we're a part of something bigger. We're still Moran Park, but we're still we're part of something bigger. How can we help and how can we be a part of what God's doing? How can we be an asset? How can we serve what God's is doing in, in this particular city? But the thing I want us to keep in mind is Again, this starts with us being, just simply being faithful as the family of God with the people God's put around us. Whatever that sphere is, whatever the family that God's put around us, it's going to be different for one another. How do we be faithful in being the family of God there? And how do we then say, okay, I've been blessed, now I want to be a blessing to others. Um, but it's not just what's going on in Holland. I will tell you, this same work is going on around West Michigan. This same idea of the church, uh, these network of little churches and mean homes of being family together that's starting to take place around us in Grand Rapids, in Muskegon, Grand Haven, and, and other places. And it's just so simple because people go, I can be family with these people. And they gather in a house, they start being family together, and it starts multiplying. And all before you know it, it starts multiplying and multiplying. And the kingdom of God is advancing in our area. And the reason why I say this is because Listen, I know we're, we're poking at some things lately. I know we're poking at some traditions. I know we're shaking some things that we've all held dear. I know that we're asking you to think outside the box on a few things. I promise you, I'm not messing with you just to mess with you, despite popular belief, right? I think what the Lord is simply saying is, I have more for my church the calling is greater. And I think sometimes we have it, our vision is just way too small. And our vision is small. I think we have one or two, two areas that we go got Our vision is so small that it's like, I'm just going to be a blessing to this group in front of me, which praise God, be faithful to that, but it's so that we can be a blessing to the world. And for some of you, God's going to send you to your neighborhoods to be a blessing. He's going to send you across the state to be a blessing. He's going to send you across the world to be a blessing. But It's saying, God, I want to have a global vision. If you don't have a, if you feel like this for me this week, it's like, I don't think I have a big enough vision from the Lord. I just had to ask the Lord, God, give me your heart. Give me your vision because his heart is a global vision that his glory would fill the earth. But sometimes we get so caught up. in like, we got to do this and reach all this and do this that we're not faithful with the things God's placed right in front of us. Like, that's my error. I'll get so excited about this and that and this. It's like, yeah, but am I I caring well for the people right around me? Uh, Not always, right? And so I think that's the call is saying, Am I being faithful with the things right around me? I was reminded this week, um, I was reminded this week that we live in a city and in a region, in a world that is dying for the truth of what we have. I think sometimes I can get so caught up in like, oh, this Grand Vision or this, that I forget like, we have what the people around us are longing for. I got a call from a a young woman on Thursday and um, she just said, hey, I'm just calling a bunch of churches to see if I, I really need help. I'm calling a bunch of churches for help. Can you help me? Maybe. Um, she went on to say how she's really desperate because they're seeing a lot of demonic manifestations in their house. And, you know, I don't, you know, you go to all those, right? But, like, things moving and doors and opening and closing and voice, all the, you know, the, the normal stuff. And she was like, um, can you help me? I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Um, so I went over with her family. Was there, and you know, she was talking about these de- demonic summoning cards and these tarot cards, and she's like, "Yeah, these demons started showing up after we started using these things." I'm like, well, it's "Because it's demonic, you know." And that, and that's the thing. Like, oftentimes we dabble in the things of the occult and New Age stuff. We have no idea that the source is demonic. And I will tell you, if you're messing with other, any spirit other than the Holy Spirit, it's a demon. Okay. Side note. Um. So she just she didn't know. And her family didn't, didn't really know. I was like, Yeah, the Ouija board, that's got to go. Tarot cards, it's all got to go. That's got to go. And it broke my heart. I just said to her, I was like, Listen, I'll pray and we can have these demons leave. But I'm like, She, she asked me, She's like, Well, what do you charge for this? I'm like, Charge. I said, Listen, freely as I receive, I freely give. I've been set free from the dominion of darkness. I've been set free from the demonic world. And I've been brought into a kingdom of light. And that invitation is for you this morning too. That God wants you to freely receive. But I'm going to tell you what. God wants more than you to simply not have demons manifesting the house. And throwing crap all over the house. That that's be nice to not have obviously. But God wants more than that for you. God wants you to be free from that. But he also wants you to be free from sin and hell. And he wants you to enter relationship with himself. And so we prayed and all that stuff. And. Um, just started sharing the gospel with her and just said, listen, you are looking for peace. And just saying, I was just saying, listen, if you don't get rid of this other garbage, these crystals and all that stuff, like, the demons are just going to come back. Because it's like, come on, you know, it's like, they're just going to come back. And so um, she understood, but she just said, like, I can't let go of the crystals because they give me peace and protection. I'm like, no, they I mean, maybe a little bit, but you want a real peace? Let me tell you about the Prince of Peace, right? You want real protection? Let me tell you about our rock, our fortress, our shield. That stuff is crap. And then, sorry if that's crass. That's what it is. It's garbage, right? Right? And so, my heart broke because I'm like, oh my gosh, you are just searching and looking for peace. You're looking and you're longing for it and you just need someone to come alongside and love you and bring you into the family of God and say, let me show you and let me tell you who this Jesus is and let me envelop you and bring you in. And my heart broke when I left. I'm like, I don't know that she's gonna get rid of that garbage. But it made me realize there are people down the street from us that need to know this Jesus. I mean, this wasn't like, you know, on the other side of the state over there. You know, this is like, this is in our backyard. That people are needing to know the good news of the gospel, and not just to say a prayer so that they can get to heaven, but so that they can come into the family of God and know the Father, be accepted by the Father, and be loved and taken care of by the brothers and sisters in Christ. And I think that's what God's calling us to in this season, is... He's continuing to release us, to say, we have been blessed, we have been set free, we have been redeemed. I want to care for those around me to remind them of that truth, but I'm also a sent people as well that needs to share the blessing that God's given us, because God's heart is that as he's blessed us, that through us, all the families of the earth will be blessed. Let's pray. God, where our vision's too small, will you increase it? Where it's too selfish, will you uh, yeah, re- yeah, point it out and, 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 and so that it can be removed, yeah? Where we are just so concerned about everything, uh, uh, like what's next and what's out there and all these other things and we're just not being faithful with those things in front of us. God, will you help us be faithful with those things in front of us? Will you help us be faithful with the brothers and sisters that are right around us? Will you help, help us be faithful with our own families? The responsibilities that are right before us, God. And God, we trust you that as we are faithful, as we walk where you tell us to walk and do what you tell us to do, we thank, we're thankful, God, that you alone give the growth. You alone cause fruit to grow. Not us, not us, not us, but you alone. So God, as we walk on this uh, crazy and wild adventure that you have us on, God, we say, have your way. God, we we long for your kingdom to come in our city, God. We long for the darkness to be pushed back. For those that are in slavery to the dominion of darkness, God, we long for you to come and you rescue them, God, that you would deliver them from the prince of darkness, God, and they would come to know the prince of peace. God, we pray for signs and wonders to go forth with the message of the gospel so that they would see this Jesus is more powerful, this Jesus is more loving, this Jesus is more gracious, this Jesus is more kind, God, that they would see the power of our King. We thank you, God, that we have been rescued from the dominion of darkness, God, but we don't want to just sit there like, oh, we're good, we're fine, this is great. But as we walk, God, may we go forth with the message that we've been entrusted with. We thank you that your desire, that you've come to set the captives free. We pray that you would do that, God. That none of us, God, would sit on the sidelines, that we would all be released and empowered to go forth. Being about your business, God. Being about our Father's business in relationship with the Father. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.